Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week, I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. So hello, everyone. Uh, Nick Wagner Sr. here. Welcome to another episode of the Full Potential Live Show. I have two guests tonight, uh, and these um, talented, lovely ladies are going to be quite the uh, discussion tonight. So um, this is the, the dynamic duo of Judy Ricker and Jill Duvall. So uh, welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So we do this We do this live on LinkedIn and YouTube, which is where we're streaming now. And then we'll also share this, uh, you know, we'll, we'll save it to YouTube so people can watch the, the whole video replay later. And then we'll also... Uh, put this on, on my full potential podcast so everyone can listen to it in audio format too if they don't want to they're unable to watch it on video so uh so we're going to have a fun conversation about your careers and both of your careers which are very different but then they've come together in a fun way with with your current business and we're going to eventually talk about that too uh and i do I, uh and I, I have all sorts of great questions planned for you but i want to start with um I want to start with little Judy and little Jill. So way back in elementary school. And I want to know what both of you wanted to do when you grew up for, for jobs. Like what was that thing you wanted to do when you were a little kid? Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be an architect. Okay. I'm with you, Jill. I wanted to be an architect too. So um, I, I just love that question because I think it's so interesting to hear what little kids say because they only know so many professions. Like no little kid ever says, I want to be an HR professional. That that I've never heard that. So. <laughs> no one says they want to be an accountant. That's that's true too. All right. So why don't you guys just give like a quick two minute intro for each of you to my to my audience so they know a little bit about you guys before we dive into your careers and what you both do. So Judy, you want to start with who you are and a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah. Uh, my name is Judy Ricker. I am I am a mom. I have two kids. Uh, nine and almost seven. Um, I'm married and um, I'm one of the owners of Ricker Duval. Is that, is that good enough? All right. All right. Hey guys, I'm Jill Duval and I am also a mom and um, I have three kids and they are nine, seven, and almost one. And I am Married and one of the owners. Let's follow Judy. It's kind of similar. <laughs> okay. So you guys are the, the co-owners of Ricker Duval. So you, you do small business solutions is 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 the, uh, the like the abbreviated version of what your company does. Yep. But you took very different career paths to get to working together, which is what which is what I want to dive into today. And you know, this show is all about helping people hear other people's career journeys so they can kind of get a sense of what other people that have, have done that's made the little have done that's made them successful and then maybe that can give them inspiration for their own careers so you know i think what, what's interesting about you guys is you know judy you you took like one of those traditional corporate career paths absolutely yep. you worked for you know fortune 50 companies doing all sorts of different things and then jill mm -hmm. you've been i don't know if you've been an entrepreneur all your life but you've been an entrepreneur for a very long time which we're going to get into as well so um mm -hmm. i i, I want to start with um the first thing though is, so you guys are really, really good friends, if not best friends. I mean, you're basically sisters. How long have the two of you known each other? 
for uh, six years, almost, almost six years. Um, so we met, uh, we actually know each other for nine years. We just didn't know it. Um, that's another yes. story. But <laughs> we, it's actually very true. <laughs> we, uh, it's not that long of a story. I can tell it. Um, Go ahead. We, um, Go ahead. we met each other, actually met each other when our oldest daughters started dancing together. So, and they started dancing when they were three. So we've known each other since then. Um, but fun fact, our daughters, when they were six and nine months old, were in swim lessons at the Y and they, we were right next to each other in these lessons and never met and never knew each other until we looked at these pictures like last year and realized that we were right next to each other in all of our pictures. Yep. I was scrolling through pictures on Facebook, like old pictures. And I was like, oh my God, that's Jill and Kylie, like literally yep. right next to me. We had no idea. Never, <laughs> never talked fate. until they, yeah. Never talked until they danced so, three so years it's, later. It's interesting because you, you guys haven't known each other for your whole lives, right? You haven't even known each other since college, right? It was actually no. substantially after no. college you met. Yep. And mm -hmm. now you're such good friends and business partners. So we'll get into that. But so you both went to college. Um, so mm -hmm. I want to hear, you know, was that always in the plans for the plans for your your life is for, like your life your life path right where your parents both like jill judy you're going to college how, how did that play out i grew up in a family of people who didn't go to college um not like my not my generation but the generation above me anyone that went to college went after they started having kids and because their jobs told them to um and my dad was one of them and it took him very many years to go to college and he continued throughout. And so because watching him go through classes while I was growing up and him seeing how hard it was to do while he had kids and a full-time job, he just always pushed that in our heads that you will go to college. That's, that's just part of your schooling. You don't start work before then period. I mean, even though I did like, that wasn't a thing that I was ever raised to be. So it was just like so, a known. So what speaking of work in high school, what was your first paying job in high school? I worked for the town hall in South Windsor, in South Windsor. I processed building permits and helped them take all of their paper files and make them electronic. Oh, very fun. Okay. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as a high school student, that was probably pretty cool. All right, it was very office. Um, Jill, what was, what was college always something you knew you were going to do? And also what was your first, your first job in high school? Um, yes, my parents were, it was never an option. I was always going to college. They went to college. I'm one of four kids and, um, it was, it was discussed since we were like, as long as I can remember, we were always going to college. And in fact, like they had more say in it than I did. So, um, and I wanted to, I was supposed to go to college for art and animation, film and animation. Um, cause I always wanted to work for Disney and being Disney animator. Um, and then I got, I got into that program, got to college and I changed my major and, but they, I did a co-op program in college. Um, my parents had more to say about, my parents had more to say about what co-ops I got to choose than I did. Um, it turned, it turned out better, better for me in the end. They always knew, I guess the right way, but yeah, they had, they had way more say in what my career path was than I did. And my first job was actually, I worked full time, um, for travelers in high school. So my parents are insurance agents and um, somehow, I don't even think this would apply today, they got travelers to hire me full-time in high school. So they gave me a laptop and I prorated and canceled people's insurance policies like while I was in high school and college. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So that, no, that's interesting. So, so you, so you, you ended up changing your major gel and you, and so it's, I, I always find it interesting, right? So you, you wanted to be an architect, then you ended up wanting to be a Disney animator. Then you changed your major. So what did you change your major to after you decided that animation wasn't, after you decided that animation wasn't what you were going to, what wasn't what you were going to do? So I don't like anything stricter by the rules. I think probably because I got brought up by them. Um, so <laughs> Judy will agree. <laughs> so Very true. Uh, um, film and animation was, they told you exactly what classes you had to take. And it was a very defined path. Um, they made a new set of majors for my freshman year. So I changed to new media publishing because every year, every quarter, you got to pick the classes and make up your own classes. Um, so oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And anything yeah. new that somebody hasn't done yet is Jill's vibe. Like somebody dangles something new. Nobody's done this before. She's like, I'm, I'm there a hundred percent. They were like, we're going to be in the first graduating class in this major. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> so, so Jill, so you went, you went for new media marketing, the whole, the whole digital world. And yep. Judy, you went for accounting. Finance and accounting. Yep. And, yep. and but, but this, the, the two of you, like at that point, you didn't even know each other, right? So mm -hmm. you're, you're, you graduate from college and Judy, you, 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 you go the corporate route and you go work for United Technologies and yeah. you know, what was, what drew you to that? And what was, you know, what did that look like from an early, early career path? That's actually what determined my major. I went into school undecided and, uh, my freshman year, I got a internship at United Technologies in the supply chain department. Um, and I was bored out of my mind. And one thing about me is I can't be bored. I'm always moving. I'm always going. And so I went over to the finance department because they seemed like nice people. And I was like, Hey, are you bored? Do you have anything I can do? I'm really bored. And they like handed me a, a bunch of work and I did it. And at the end of the summer, they had, um, a whole cost reduction department, which was finance and engineering, like move on to different roles. And they needed somebody to fill into that department until they had, they brought some engineers and finance people in, brought some engineers and finance people in. And I was, they asked me if I want to do it. I said, sure. And I loved it. And I worked full time um, from my sophomore year on through college and that I just was in finance that whole time. And I learned so much about finance and accounting that that's, I changed my, I declared a major in my sophomore year and became finance and accounting. And then that's, just, that's I just stayed at UTC for a really long time. And you did, so you did, I know, you know, according to your LinkedIn, you did multiple jobs at UTC, which is like, you know, continuous, you know, new, new challenges, more responsibility. Um, so it was kind of both. One thing is I've never took a job at UTC that I wasn't asked to do. So I never applied for a job there. They always just kind of tapped on my shoulder and had me move around. Um, but also I get, like I said, I get bored really easily, like very easily as Jill, like I just, I don't stop moving. And I get super, like you, if you ever see me on video on like any of our Instagram pages, I'm always like this or playing with my hair or you'll see it tonight. I can't stop moving. And I get so bored when I'm not learning, so bored when I'm not learning. Um, it's one of the reasons I left corporate world because I just felt like I didn't know everything, but I just felt like everything I was learning was things I kind of already kind of knew in the back of my head. So I was just like, mm. um, but yeah, I got bored a lot. So I moved around a lot and I learned a lot for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I think every time you, you change jobs, obviously you take yourself out of your comfort zone and you're forced to learn new things, which is what I think people like about it, right? It's, that's mm -hmm. the scary part, but also the challenging part at the same time. But Correct. you know, I think there, there's pros and cons. So, yes, absolutely. so you're, you're, you're doing the UTC corporate thing and then Jill, you graduate from school and do what? 
Like what is the, what is your first job out of school? So, um, so I was in a co-op program, so we had to do co-ops to graduate. So my last, I ended on a co-op, um, quarter. So my last co-op was a Hasbro toy company, um, in Rhode Island. And so I just, I just got hired by them right out of it. Um, but I was still living at home and living at home and I'm in near Boston. I'm from mass and I was moving. I stayed there. I loved that job. Um, but it was like, a huge company with lots of people. You're just a number. That's totally not my gig at all. So um, I actually, I, I left there only because I was choosing to move to Connecticut, um, which is where my husband is from. So, but when I got here, I, I bounced around from family owned business to family owned business, um, all small companies, series of small companies until I started owning my own businesses. And you were doing what for those small companies? Marketing? <laughs> Um, no. So I, I was in commercial printing. Um, so I was, uh, project management for commercial printing, um, in the beginning. And then I, the, I ended on marketing and advertising. Oh, okay. So, so you weren't even really doing like, you weren't even really doing your passion at that point. It sounds like you were just, nope. I mean, you were doing, you were doing, I mean, you were doing, you were doing, you were working, but not maybe something that you loved. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. So what, so, so let's hear the story of how you started, because you've started multiple businesses. Judy's only started one, is, is my mm -hmm. understanding, and that's Ricker Duvall with you. But you're mm -hmm. like this serial entrepreneur, Jill. So yeah. tell us about the first business you started and what it was and why you started it. Um, so when I was working at um, one of the, it wasn't the last company I worked at, but it was one of the printing companies I worked at, um, I started baking because probably just because I was pregnant with my oldest child. Um, and, and I figured that that was, that was my creative outlet. Um, I was started as I, I was bringing it into work and everything. It was like no big deal. I was just baking. And then when my daughter turned one, I had her first birthday party and turned it into, and turned it into this giant thing and realized that like, I love party planning. I love baking, all of that, which sounds like it sounds dumb saying that. I think it sounds dumb saying that because I feel like anybody can bake. Um, I went from baking for like people locally to being a, a national party stylist for brands because I turned it into an online business. Um, I never went full time with that because baking is so much work. And I was baking to, I was baking from like, I would have my day job and then I was baking from like 8 PM until like 5 AM and I just never slept. So, um, so <laughs> I've always kept it. I still have that business today. I just scaled it way down. Um, but though working with brands and other party stylists across the country is, is definitely one of the coolest things I've done. It's really cool. So that was my first business. Um, my next one was when my one was when my second child was born. So um, she was born with multiple um, ish medical issues, um, and one of them leading her to have a feeding tube. So when she was, I had to quit my job. I, my, I had to quit my full time job because I couldn't work with her. We were living in um, Boston Children's Hospital for like two years. So when she was like 10 months old, she had gotten a feeding tube that was leaking all the time. It became, it became an issue because she was losing weight. And, um, the short story is we had to solve it or else like other things were going to happen. 
So uh, my husband, Ryan, is an engineer and I was a designer. So I remember like I drew um, her tube was leaking at night. She was on it 24 seven. I drew on a piece of paper for him, like what I needed to solve this problem. And he came home one day with it. He had like designed it and grew it. Um, And, um, and we were using it for like almost a year until I, I was in a bunch of feeding tube um, caregiver groups on Facebook. And somebody had posted one day, I remember it was like in the summer, I remember Ryan wasn't even home. And I was using, um, we just called it a bracket at the time, it didn't even have a name. And somebody posted that their tubes are leaking and their kid, um, a lot of these kids get taken away from their parents and they were, because um, they think other stuff is going on. They were worried their kid was going to get taken away if they didn't stop the leaking. So I was like, oh my, I have something I made, I'll just send it to you. And um, within like 18 minutes of me posting that in that group, I had over $500 like in my PayPal account. People had just sent money to me hoping I would send them this thing. So um, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even a product at the time. So that night I named it and started the company, told Ryan that we were starting a company the next day. And um, and, um, the rest is history. We still sell it. We just got the patent approved this month. We've been working on the patent for four years. Um, Thanks. And um, it's almost FDA approved. So um, that's still, we won um, a CT from CT Next and Reset, an entrepreneur award, a grant from the state for it. And um, ever since then, it's been a growing company. So. And where do you guys manufacture it? We grow it ourselves. What do you mean you grow it? We, um, guys, right there on that 3d printer right there. Oh, you 3d print them. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Very yep. cool. Very so. cool. So let me ask you this question it is, so you've, you started now three companies, right? I think it's three. Yep. Um, is entrepreneurship like a family thing of yours? Like are your, are your, are your family members entrepreneurs? Like, cause a lot yes. of times, cause a lot yes. of times entrepreneurs come from other entrepreneurs. So who in your family is an entrepreneur? Uh, both my parents. So my parents have both owned their own businesses my entire life. Um, my dad owns a financial planning company and then both my parents own an insurance agency. So as long as I've known, they've always worked for themselves and I, I grew up in that lifestyle um, and learned everything I know about owning a business from them. Yeah, very, no, I think, I think that's very common because I think it's, um, you have to be slightly crazy to start your own business. And I think everyone that's done it knows that. <laughs> Because it's, it's just, you know, it's terrifying, right? I, I've done, we've talked about that. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. And it's, um, there's a lot of uncertainty with it. So it takes, it takes someone, you know, who's slightly, um, Go ahead, say it, Nick. Sli- enjoys, slightly enjoys risk to, to, to mm-hmm. start your own company. So, um, so, if it's not so, risky, I don't want to do it. I mean, I hope I hope that doesn't involve like skydiving and all sorts of other things too. But maybe just <laughs> oh, it does though. It does. So, all right. So you, you got two businesses at this point. So you're not working for anyone else. You have you own two of your own businesses. Your yep. husband works. Yep. And so you meet Judy during while you own these other two businesses, correct? Yep. And so, how did you guys get from being in swim class and not knowing each other to being friends? And then deciding to start a business. And I say that because as someone who started, I, I had my own business with three of my friends that started in college. 
And, you know, starting a business with someone's a big deal. And, you know, starting a business with your friends is a big deal because you inherently are going to fight about things, right? There are going to be disagreements and you are going to get angry with each other. You're going to get upset with each other. And it can just put a really, really big strain on the friendship. So like, how did everything come to the point where you wanted to start another company and you somehow convinced Judy to quit her job, convinced Judy to quit her job at a very stable fortune 50 company. How, how did this happen? It's Who a great to tell story. The story? Uh, I'll tell my part of it. I was saying, so let's all start. Cause she's the one who started it. <laughs> I'll follow um, so when we started it, it was, um, 2017 and, um, right, Judy. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, um, we were, we were, I was getting to the point where my, uh, um, other two businesses were stable and growing and I was happy with them, but like, I get the itch to like start a new business. I have it all the time. Judy has still from starting more since Ricker Duval, but she is not stopping me this year. So, um, I knew that I was going to start another business and I already had one by myself. I had one with my husband. So I was like, I need a partner for my next one. Um, at the time, the, there was name, the, there was no, um, Judy, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no a giant lead up. I, we were talking, we were friends, not as close as we are now. And we were talking about how between who she knows in town and who I know and all the business we were doing so much for so many businesses locally for free. We're like doing their bookkeeping. We're running their shows. We're running their events. We're running like building things and baking for people. Like we were doing everything for businesses and we got to a point where like, this is funny. We should just do it like by ourselves and make a business out of it. And it took, like I asked her one time, and she looked at me and she was like, yeah, all right. Like she came over my house one night. The longest part of this discussion was us coming up with our name. And as soon mm-hmm. as we came up with our name, we were already owning, we are already running the business. I think I opened the company the next day. Yep. 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 So, so Judy, I mean, I mean, Jill was already a serial entrepreneur and already owned two of her own businesses. So this wasn't really a huge leap for her to start a third business, right? Because she's kind of already doing it. You are not at this point an entrepreneur. You are working in a, you know, you, you've been in corporate since you graduated from college. You've yep. been very successful, probably making great money with great mm-hmm. benefits, stable job. What, what made you want to just give all that up? And what on earth, and what on earth did, did your husband say when you were like, oh, hey, I'm going to quit my job and, and go start a business with Jill? Like, how did that conversation go? So I think there was a number of factors in it. Um, one, um, my family is not entrepreneurs at all. Everybody works at a corporation. Um, but my dad is very successful. I actually tell him he should write a book. He's so he's a very successful business person, successful business person. Um, he ended his career as a uh, president at an oil rigging company down in Texas. He's on a number of boards across the um, country and I grew up watching him be super successful in the corporate realm, but I also grew up watching, not actually knowing who he was because I never saw him because he was so successful and he was an executive before I was 10. So, um, I didn't really want that life because I saw it. And he also would always be in my ear saying to me, listen, I got a lot of money from this, but 
the satisfaction of doing it yourself would be so much more and you have the ability to do it yourself. And I always poo-pooed it and I was like, I know how much work it takes to own a company. I know how much that would be and I didn't want to do it. But I was a manager, a senior manager by the time I was 30 in corporate. And I, as I was getting into my 30s, I was like, ugh. Everyone wanted me up. Everyone wanted me up. The me up. Everyone wanted me up. The, the, the next stop for me was to be at that executive level that he was at my whole life. And I didn't want it. Um, I didn't want to have the hours that it required. And also, I was sitting in the corporate world feeling like I really wasn't helping anybody or doing anything. I was just kind of there. And um, I didn't feel like it was anything I was doing was super important. Um, and again, I just wasn't learning as much as I used to learn. So Jill called me and I was right around the time that like I had my current company in my ear, like you need to move up, you need to move up. I had already worked directly for the CFO. So the next level was CFO and I just wasn't interested. Um, and she called me and it was like, I was already thinking about moving around. So I was like, sure. My husband to answer that question, super not on board. I was the breadwinner at the time and he was like, what? No way are you doing this? He wasn't on board at all with me leaving the job. And I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to, I'm going to start the company. I'm going to start the company. I'm going to keep working. And it's going to be like a year or two before we get busy enough where I'm going to have to leave. But that didn't happen. Six months in, we were so busy and grown so much. I had to quit my job. So he, it was a little bit of a shell shock for him. He's been super supportive since, but yes, it, has, it was a little bit of, he was like, what is wrong with you? Who are you? What have you done with my so, life? So I, I want, I want to, and, and I'm, and Jill, I'm not trying to ignore you, but I really want to focus on this part with Judy because yeah. I think a lot of people like Jill, you had already done it. Right. So that's why I, I you know, you were already in your mm -hmm. third business. I think a lot of people dream about what Judy just talks about doing, talked yeah. about doing, but are never do it. doing it. They never yep. do it, right? Yeah. Because it's one of those things that, well, you know, should I really quit my job? Should I really go pursue my dream? Should I, you know, is it is it too risky? Do I can I make enough money? You know, this is because obviously, like you know, you know, Judy, like you said, you know, this is a, a big decision. You, you, a big decision. You, your husband obviously knew it was a big decision. Mm -hmm. What was when you? What I, what I want to try for my audience is like. Take people through your your decision process, right? Like, did you weigh the pros and cons? Did you write it down? Did you, did, you know, how, how did that happen? Because I think a lot of people, and again, like you guys are both really, really successful. And that's why I wanted to have you on because other people are going to listen to this and say, you know what, if Judy can do it, why can't I do it, right? So what I just want to kind of hear a little bit more about like the actual decision process in your head, because I just feel like it was, it was a pretty big risk. Not to say it's that, huge. you know, not to say that, Jill wasn't successful and that you were partnering with someone that wasn't, didn't have a good track record, but to give up where you were in your career and the, and, and to be able to go to that next level and make that, that leap, not everyone gets that opportunity. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, like how you actually made the decision, like the, the process. So I, I did a lot of writing things down, a lot of pros and cons. Um, I did a lot of talks with my husband. I did, I'm a numbers person. So I ran the numbers a thousand times in a thousand different ways. Um, I'm also just for anyone who knows me, I'm the cheapest person in the entire world. So I might've been making a very large salary at the time, but I didn't spend any of it. So I had a lot in savings, um, which really helped me because I knew that I could go over a year with not taking any money from our company and be totally fine financially. Um, so that was a huge thing. 
I don't suggest whenever I'm talking, we're talking to like Jill and I talk to a lot of people who are looking or interested in buying, making a business. I never suggest anyone quits their day job right away. Um, or even as quickly as I did, because I had to for a reason, but like, I always tell people just keep it as long as you can, because companies don't really normally make it in the first year or the first five years. And those are your, that's your five years. And those are your, that's your time where you really have to like, you know, make sure you have something to fall back on. Um, it, we planned, I'm a planner. Jill and I are very opposite people. And she is like, a, I'm saying it and I'm going to do it, but I am like a super planner. So we had like a business plan. We had how it was going to do, what was our marketing plan? What was our financial plan? Um, I just felt like I was, and like I said, it just like Jill came to me at the perfect time where I was desperate for change and desperate for something different. And here, the other thing is too, is what made it a little easier for me. And it might've been a false sense of security, but I had a sense of security that I had made such a good network at the previous companies I've been in that I, and I still on a weekly basis had people calling me, asking me to come work for them in those companies that at that point I knew if I went for, I did it for a year and it didn't work, it would be work. It would be very easy for me to fall back in right. to where I was. And that makes sense. whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I mean, I still get probably like now it's less because people know what I'm doing, but I still probably once like every three months, every once every quarter, I still get a call asking me if I'm interested in going back. I mean, I'm not, but like, it's, I always had that false sense of security that like, if I needed it, I could always go back because I had worked so hard on that network and so hard in that role prior to it. It, it sounds, and it sounds like, you know, what your father said really resonated with you on, on the whole idea of, you know, yeah, I made a lot of money in the corporate world and I, I made a lot of money, you know, being an executive, but I missed seeing my family as much as I wanted to. Right. So that seems like it really resonated with you. But now, now on the, on the flip side of that, and I want to ask both of you, you know, owning your own business is not easy and it doesn't mean you work less hours than the corporate world. So you work way more, way more, right. So way more, right. So, so I want to ask that question is you're working more, but is it, are you able to just be more flexible? Which is that, is that why you guys can see your families? And that's why like for you, Judy ended up being a better decision. Um, yes, it's different for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Jill and I have very different, we have, we own the same company. We have very different, like, uh, very different lives. Very lives. Different work yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am kind of a workaholic and I'm not the type of person who can have like a, anything that has like a number on my checklist. I can't have anything open. It stresses me out. If a client, I even know a client is waiting for something. It bothers me until they get it. I won't sleep. Um, so one of my biggest struggles owning companies, I don't stop working. Uh, we recently just opened up our office. We were working out of our homes for a while. And then we recently just opened up an office. One of the main reasons was because we had employees that we needed, they needed somewhere to go. But the main, the other main reason, honestly, was because Judy never, honestly, was because Judy never stopped working because our main stuff was at my house and I could not step away from my office. I never left that room. Um, so it's been a little bit harder for me, um, from a work-life balance perspective, it's a personality thing. I just don't stop. I, I always am going and, but the, but the, on the plus side, if I have to walk away in the middle of the day to go to be a, do a room parent thing for my kid, I can, like, it's not a big deal. And there's no one telling me no, because I'm the boss. So, um, it definitely gives me more flexibility, but because of my personality, 
um, I don't, I work more. I, I just do. No, I, I get that. And so, so back to this decision to start this company. So the two of you were friends, but you had never worked together before. So, you know, so Jill, why, why did you ask Judy to start this company? Like what made you think to yourself, yeah, she'd be a good business. Yeah, she'd be a good business partner um, to start this, you know, to start this small business consulting firm. Um, the number one reason is trust. I trust basically nobody. Um, I'm j I just don't really trust people ever. Um, so like to a fault, but ever since I met Judy through, um, I, I think one of my, I think one of my best qualities is judging character. And I, I've always, since like, since I met her, she's one of the most loyal, trustworthy people you'll ever meet. And never, never once has I, have I ever doubted that. And because we were, she was at a point in her job, her corporate job that she wanted to leave. Like she was talking about leaving all the time. And at the same time, I was, it was kind of like I saw my in <laughs> because she, she right, was talking right. about leaving, right, talking right. about leaving all the time. And I already knew I wanted to own a new business. Um, the, the thing is, when I asked her, I think why we did it so quickly and why it was never a question that we were going to that we were going to do it. Um, we never since the beginning have ever asked ourselves, will this work? We always, since the beginning, we always knew, like, we know we're going to be successful in anything we do. It's just the type of personalities we both have. That's where we come together. Um, we, anything, and it's usually me making our to-do list and me making our goals and dreams, I should say. Um, and every single one that we do, we're successful in because because we go at it like it has to happen, it will happen. It's never a question in our mind. I think you were saying earlier, Nick, that you have to be a little crazy to be an entrepreneur. Um, yes. But I think one of the main reasons a lot of entrepreneurs fail is because they're really good on the crazy side. They're not really good on the process side. And one of the reasons Jill and I work so well, I work so well together is because she is one of the most creative people I know. I am not even remotely creative. I'm an accountant. I'm like debits and credits and that's where you are. And so she'll call me with a thousand different ideas every single day. Literally, I'm not kidding. On a daily basis, I get her list of new ideas and new businesses and new services that we're doing. And I have to go then go through and say, no, no. Okay, maybe this, but we have to put that plan together for that. No, no. So we work really well together. It's like the number one question we get, why do you work so well together? Why did you decide to go in business together? Because you're we're very similar in the fact that we can, we do, we do disagree on things. We never really argue. We disagree, but we're both straight shooters. Like I tell her exactly how I feel. She tells me exactly how she feels. Neither of us also take things very personally. So it's just like, all right, you don't have to agree with me on this. We'll put it, we'll table it and put it and come put it and come up with it another time when we are on the same page. But like we work, we have, we have each other's weaknesses. The other one has that as the strength. So it yeah, works no, really well together. You complement each other well, which is, is which is probably why you guys work so well together. So, you know, so you, you tell us a little bit about the business, right? So I mentioned earlier, like you you guys do business solutions for small businesses, but but what does that mean? I mean, obviously you do financial stuff with accounting with you, Judy. You you, you do marketing, Jill. But like, you know, how do how do businesses find you? Like, what what is what does the business actually look like? 
Yeah, so we um, we made up the term business solutions um, because of the th- when you normally think of a marketing agency or a bookkeeping agency, they don't go together. And right. we, for three years, um, people are like, they're like, you do what? And why does that even make sense? Um, the way we put it is any small to mid-sized company, all mid-sized company, all the stuff you don't do, we do. So all the back office stuff, anything that you would outsource or hire somebody for, like we either do it between the two of us, between our experience, or um, or we work with or we work with people that do now. Now our company is bigger, but um, anything on the finance side, and we actually had more. We we kind of we started with different. Um, business like avenues before and we've narrowed it down now to the things that we were doing a lot of things in marketing and a lot of things in finance but we narrowed it down to the things we want to focus on because there's more that we're doing um there's more things we're coming out with soon and then there's more businesses that we're doing that stuff we want to stick to the things that we want to do that make us like that that's our passion there's so many things we could do but so the event planning part of it came into it and part of it came into it because um, I was doing event planning for my other company. Judy was doing it for her corporate company. And um, that's something that we love doing. It Does it fit with the other two? Maybe not to most people, but when the companies that we already work with for like marketing, when they come or bookkeeping, when they come and they're like, oh, I really want to have an anniversary party and open house. I'm opening a new location. We're like, Oh, we'll, we'll throw the party for you. We'll do the event. We'll do the dinner. We'll do um, any number of events. And it turned into, we also love giving back to our, mainly our community to basically anybody we can. Um, so we started large charity events, nonprofit events um, in town to give back. Just um, we, our services are free. Our, you know, just to give back to the community because we love throwing events. So um, we also love surprising people. We also love surprising people because especially me as an accountant, most people like when they see that we can throw like fun events, they're like, you can do this. And we're like, yes, we actually can. (laughs) I mean, I should say like, it's not, um, it, nothing we do is traditional. So it's not the marketing you think it is. It's not the bookkeeping you think it is, even though that seems like it's straightforward. It's not because the bookkeeping you get from us is so much more. There's so much, the services that we give, there's so much value added that that's what makes us different than everybody else that does it. Because if you need if you need marketing that somebody else does, you need different things. You need, um, we've created, so we have collaboration marketing, fundraiser marketing. Those are not things that you typically go to an agency for, but we've, we've termed them differently because different people need different things in order to get their message out there. So we kind of create whatever you need. Yeah, and I like how you call it business solutions because, to your point, you you, you both you know the company you, you both you know the company does a lot of different things, and you know traditionally, like you said, it would be, hey, this is a business, it is a marketing agency, or this is a business, and they do accounting and finance. But you 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 kind of put them together, right? And now you have you know what what, what you guys have created, which which I think is great. So so the business has been an open has been open for since two thousand seventeen. So you're in year three. So year, sorry, year four, right? Year four. Um, you know, how is it going? Like, and I want to hear, I want, I want to hear what's been the biggest success of the business so far and the biggest failure of the business so far. Judy, you want to go or me? 
Um, you want to do the success because you like talking successes. I'll do the failure. <laughs> okay, so when we talk about our business, to me, everything is a success. And every single thing we do is awesome. And I'm super optimistic about everything. Um, success is that we are still open. So many small businesses are not open still. Businesses are not open still. They don't last past the first year or the first two years, five years, whatever. We have been profitable since the beginning, since day one. And um, we are in a great position to grow. We've grown year after year by, we need to give you the numbers, but a lot. And um, we've over doubled our business each year. Yeah. So we, we have, um, we have gotten to the point where, you know, like we are selective about the business we take so that it fits what we do. And we don't just take any business. Um, and the success is that we're able to do all of, all of the new, I'm a creative person. And if you're not a creative person, you kind of don't get it. But if you are, I live, I live and die by the fact that my ideas, I get to see them through. And because we're successful, I get to see my ideas through with me and Judy. And um, that is the biggest success. I love the optimism and the, and the enthusiasm. She's, she's always optimistic. Always. So Judy, what, what's, the, what's the biggest failure? And I always ask that question because failure leads to opportunity and you learn from it. So what's, what's your biggest failure you guys have had as a company? So, so I totally agree with that. And actually it's a, it's funny. Jill and I are constantly <laughs> debating about this because I love when we get negative feedback. I think it's the best way to grow um, professionally or, or for a company. Um, so I'd say the biggest failure that we've had in our company um, is doing too much. So we do a lot. And at the very beginning, we were like, of course, we'll do this. And of course, we'll do this. And um, you get you get to a point where, you know, we hire people, but people expect us because we've always been the ones that have been there and yeah. doing it. So that growing pain of like us as owners doing all the work and doing so much of it. And we're a service based company and people trust us because they trust us and they trust our faces. So bringing on so bringing on um employees is hard and when you do so much and you promise so much and they want it from you as a service-based business that's hard so that's like we've had some bumps in the road from that perspective because we tried to hire a salesperson and it didn't work because people weren't going to buy our services from anybody but judy and i we sell our company and that's i get i get that that makes sense yeah i mean one of the and we're still in it one of the hardest things right now is that so as a bookkeeper a lot of our clients we do virtually, but we do have a handful of clients that I have to go to on a weekly basis. And it got to the point where my schedule was full from nine to three every single day of the week at clients. I had no time to work on our company. So I had no time. So our company kind of stalled for a little bit because we couldn't move forward. Um, our so brand is us, you know, mm-hmm. our brand is the two of us. So I am over here, you know, and now trying to turn our company into an online company too, because we're kind of in two different places now. I can't from places now. I can't do that without us. So we're trying to move Judy out of what her her typical role is so that she can come back and work on what we are, you know, from the beginning. So our brand. Yeah, no, I mean I think I think that's one of the the most challenging things for all entrepreneurs is how do you prioritize, right? There's so many things to do. There's only so much time. You both have families, you, you know, with little kids, you, you need to spend time with them. So, you know, 
how do you balance all that? that, that that's always been a challenge. So, mm-hmm. so how is the, I want to ask this question and I, I'm going to, it'll be interesting to hear your answers. How has this affected your friendship? Right. And I, and I mean that in a very serious way, because I think a lot of people listening who want to start their own business, they, they think about it, right? It's like, do I start it with family? Do I start it with friends or by myself or with someone I don't know? Right. And and those are four very different options. And you guys started together as friends. So how has this affected your friendship? How are you guys doing? And, and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure there's good days and bad days, but in general, like what's, uh, what, 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 what would you, what would you grade yourself as far as your friendship three, four years into your business relationship? I don't even think we've like ever answered this question too. Well, we can't, um. we have, we have it. But here's the thing. I think our friendship has gotten way stronger. Um, our families have become more like family than friends. Um, and I think we, like I said earlier, Jill and I are super blunt people. So if I'm like annoyed with something that Jill's doing, or I don't like it, it does not take long for me to call her and be like, listen, this has to change and it's got to change now. I don't like it. And she does the same thing to me. So uh, people tell us all the time, you should never open a business with a friend or family member. And here's the thing. We don't disagree with that. We have a rule in our business. We don't hire friends or family. No, nope. so that's like, that was like, nope. so that's like, that was like day one rule for us. We are not hiring any friends or family to be involved in this. And so we get that. And we also understand this question. People always, we have people speculating about our friendship all the time. And I was going to say, it's, it's literally like the, it, that's why we're stronger. Um, because people, uh, I don't know if it's, I, I grew up with a lot of entrepreneurs, but maybe that was just my parents' network and everything. Yeah. But people around in, in Judy and I's circle are not entrepreneurs. Most people actually work for like UTC or the same company. So the fact that we do it has, has somehow like floored people's minds that that's actually our job that we make money on. And the, the, for me especially, the doubt that other people give us only makes me more successful. It makes me closer to Judy more. Oh my God. I like, cause I love a challenge too. So, um, so, um, like the biggest thing you can do is doubt me. That's the only, that's the best thing to make me more successful. I think anyone who asks us like what, cause we have gotten the question, what do you suggest for people who are like working as a partner? I think the big thing is one, we just have an innate trust for each other. So even if I'm annoyed with her or she's annoyed with me, or we don't like, we always trust each other. So that's like never going to go away. And two, you just have to communicate. You can't let things fester. There is not a time that she is frustrated with me that she will not call me and be like, I don't like how this is going. And there's not a time that I will call her for that. You just have to be open and you cannot take things personally. You have to be okay with hearing from the other person and trust that it's always coming from a good place, that something well, is I mean, not going I mean, on. And we don't, I mean, I, we don't always get there right away either. No. No, I like the, I like your idea of radical transparency, but you know what you guys are saying, it, it's hard. I mean, it, this, oh, it's super hard. Uh, these are not easy things, you know, and I think, yeah. but I think back to your your original point though. It's like original point though. It's like you know, I started my business with three friends. You know, I I think starting a business with a stranger would be kind of scary, in my opinion. You know, like how how you how do you know if you trust that person? So mm-hmm. no, I just I just think it's fascinating and and. You know, I asked that question because I think a lot of people that are that want to start their own business really kind of go back and forth. Do I do I do it as a you know a sole proprietor? Do I do I ask someone to partner with me? Like, what's the right answer? 
And I mean, I think doing it by yourself is hard, right? Just because mm-hmm. if you're if you do it by yourself, you'll literally have no one else to fall back on at all. You know, you yeah. have the two of each other, which is that's huge, right? Because if one of you is sick or one of you, I mean, Jill, you you had a, your third child while you owned the business, right? And that wasn't easy. So I think having that partnership is actually is really beneficial for a lot of reasons, even if there are you know difficult difficult and troubling times. I think so it's what, also what's... too. You... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Judy. I was saying, I think you kind of have to get to know somebody. You kind of have to get to know somebody really well too. Like you have to know them because. Like there are things that Jill does that like I would never do it as my personality, but that's who Jill is and I'm never gonna falter for that. And the same thing with me, there's ways that I handle things. Jill would never handle that way, but I, she hasn't fought me for it because it's just who I am, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, and again, it, I mean, it goes back to the trust you guys have. Yeah. So, what, so what's next? Like what's, and I don't know what you can share and can't share. Don't ask Jill this question. She'll give what, you this mile long. I'll, 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 I'll ask Jill. So give me two things <laughs> that, you, that you plan on doing in 2020 to take, take Riker Duvall and in, into the next level and continue to grow the business? Um, there's two new businesses for us that I'm working on. Judy, don't say no. Um, I already, she knows what they are. She knows what I they do. are. She, um, they're great. They will happen and they will be a success. Um, I can't tell you what they are yet, but, um, Rick, they'll, um, Rick, they'll be, um, extensions of Rick or Duval, but like separate, nothing to do with what we do now. There's something Um, I would say product lines coming out. I say product line, they're not actual products, but, um, well, I guess they kind of are. Well, Um, I, I mean, we develop based on client feedback, um, and prospect feedback, things that people are saying, I, I don't want this service, but because I because I can do this part, but I can't do this part. So we've kind of listened to our customers and come came up with some new things from Mercury Duval's perspective that we're rolling out actually hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, that um, what we have to just get like logistics done and um, we'll be rolling out better to grow. We're like we're moving from not just a local in person company. Right, right. We're gonna be online. Yeah. So cool. yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. very cool. So, so I always close, close the, the, the show with the same question, the, the show with the same question for every guest. And I want both of you to answer it because it's going to be, I think a very different answer from both of you. So clearly you've both been successful in very different ways. You know, Judy in the corporate world, now an entrepreneur, Jill really is an entrepreneur, like kind of grew up an entrepreneur with your family th- on your third business. What is the one thing you would you would share with my audience that's helped you both be so successful and ultimately help you reach your full potential, right? So what is that one piece of advice that you'd share that has served you so well? Judy, you go first. All right. Um, so my one piece of advice that I tell everybody is never stop learning. So, and I don't just mean in your field. One of the biggest things that I think has helped me be as successful as I am, have been to date um, and to be able to talk business, not just from an accounting perspective, but from a broad perspective, like I can walk into any client and talk marketing, business, like business solution, like literally anything about their business. I can talk pretty educationally um, and educationally. Um, And it's because when I was in the corporate world, I never stayed in my lane. I learned everything supply chain did. I learned everything engineering did. I learned everything operations did. I became Six Sigma Lean certified, which is normally at that time, only engineers were becoming that because I was curious about it. Um, and it's one of the reasons I was successful in the corporate world. And it's one of the reasons that we can go into pretty much any 
company and be able to see like, okay, here's, here's your processes. And I know I'm only your bookkeeper, but have you ever thought of doing this, this, and this on your production line? Because it's going to streamline it and save you this much money. Um, and that's with across, I don't care what industry you're in. I always tell people, learn who your customers are and then learn what they do. Because that'll help you, that'll help you be a better um, client. Yeah, no, I love that. All right, Jill, your turn. Um, so at first it sounds cliche, but like mine is trust your gut. So if I had ever listened to anybody else's, um, advice or opinions about what I should do, I would never, about what I should do. I would never be where I am today. I would never have owned any business. Um, I would have, I would, all the companies that I worked for, the reason why I moved from company to company was because it just was never good enough for me. And I knew the only thing good enough for me was when I was my own boss and I was making the rules and that I got to see my dreams happen. And fortunately, the thing, the other things in my life have allowed me to go chase those dreams. But, um, you have to trust your own intuition and know that like, if that's what you're meant to do and that's all you want to do then you have to pull out all the stops to make it happen. And so I trust your gut and I don't take no for an answer. I, I really don't. I love a challenge. And um, I think that that's the best way to grow. Well said. Well, I appreciate you both joining. I know you're both really busy. You both have families. You both have a lot of work to do. And, and you know, we're, we're obviously in the middle of a global, obviously in the middle of a global pandemic. So it's a very strange time. So uh, I really appreciate you both making time. We've been talking about doing this for a long time and I'm glad we were finally able to do it because I think such like cool different stories that come together to, to form the business you guys have today and the friendship you have today. It's just, it's just cool to see how your different paths took you ultimately to where you are now. So um, thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the great advice and hopefully, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll connect again soon. I will absolutely make sure to link to Rick or Duvall in the show description on YouTube and in the podcast. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you guys about business solutions for their small, mid-sized business, they can reach out to you, of course. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.